Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for this day, for all your plans and purposes that you've ordained for this day. We thank you for this people that you've assembled in this house to give your name glory. We thank you, God, for each prayer that's going up individually and corporately. And God, we're asking you to do the miraculous we thank you for it. We thank you for our healing. We thank you for our deliverance. And we thank you for your soon return. Thank you now for your peace and your joy that brings us into one loving relationship. And we thank you for that. We thank you now that our minds are open to receive this morning. And we believe that your word is going to bring truth to our life and that truth is going to make us free. So we give you for, uh, praise for these, these and all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, it's July. That means God was faithful for the first half. Now, normally in a sporting event at halftime, the coach has to give you a pep talk. Make sure you're ready for the second half. <laughs> this morning, if you have your Bibles, we're still in John chapter 8, John chapter 8. And as usual, we will probably be there next week too, but be that as it may, uh, I believe that what the scripture says is that you have to know the truth. And sometimes it takes a long time to know. Amen. Uh, verse 31 of chapter 8 says, And Jesus said to those Jews who believed him. The key right there is that who believed him. It says, If you abide in my word and you, uh, uh, you are my disciples indeed. Now, uh, and when I start talking during these readings, I get, because they'll get the clock on when I'm talking. <laughs> but what I need you to understand is that when he says at the end of that scripture, he says, you are my disciples indeed. You're not just a disciple because you identify as a disciple. All right. Indeed. Oh, we'll come back to that. Okay. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Make you free. Then here's the second part. Then they answered him and said, we're Abraham's descendants, and we've never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say we will be made free? Jesus answered them, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Amen. We're still talking about truth as our prescription for deliverance. You uh, can make your note this is part three. <laughs> you can be seated. So Jesus is teaching us an interesting lesson, but here's his, the scripture, like I said, kind of speaks for itself, even though uh, we tend to, to put a whole lot of stuff in it that's not there. Because basically what he's saying is, is that uh, he's talking to those people who actually believe. Now, the Jews were very proud people, as we know, and, and even though at the point in time that Jesus was talking to them, they were already in bondage to the Romans. As a matter of fact, 
uh, all he had to do was look around and would see Roman soldiers everywhere. So they know they were in bondage. But what they're saying is that uh, we have what we consider a national pride and we just we have decided in our minds that we are free no matter what. In other words, you can put chains on me, but you can't change my mind. So I'm, I'm free. Uh, lesson for somebody. So what happens is uh, Jesus is trying to explain to them that he is not talking about physical bondage where you are being restrained physically. So he is not talking about someone who has you shackled uh, with, with iron and chains. He is saying your minds are messed up. Your minds are messed up. He says, and what, you, what you're responding to is not what I'm saying to you. Uh, I have this problem a lot, you know, being a pastor. Amen. What I'm saying to you is not what you're responding to. All right. I'm saying one thing, you're answering another thing. Okay, can I give you an illustration? Yes. <laughs> when you say amen to something, what are you saying? I agree. Do I need to say any more about that? <laughs> yes, Pastor. We should love one another. Amen. Amen. I love it. Just that simple, right? So Jesus comes along and he says, listen, you're not responding to my question or my inquiry here. He says this. He says, uh, you know the truth and the truth will make you free. What they responded to is we're Abraham's descendants and we've never been in bondage. And what Jesus is telling them is that that's not what I'm talking about. Just look around. Now, the average person who is living in America today believes that they are free. Uh, don't go too far with this. I'm not. But the problem is, is that freedom is relative in the natural. Amen. See, the only real freedom is in the spirit. We, we live in a relative society. Because you are free, for example, to live any place you choose. But it's conditioned Amen. on your money. Amen. There's a condition attached to your freedom. What if there's a condition attached to my freedom? Okay. All right. Are y'all? <laughs> well, I could go with about a million illustrations, but I am not going to do that because I don't know when to stop when I get started. <laughs> so I know better. What I'm trying to tell you is that as a saint, our freedom is a state of mind. I am free to become. I am free to become. What am I free to become? Whatever Jesus has predestined me to become. Okay. Let me go off script for about two, two scriptures here so uh, I can kind of explain that to you. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, everybody knows exactly what it says. All right? And we know that all things work together for good. That is a stated fact. But then there's a condition with it. Hmm? We got to be loving and called. And we're called to a what? Specific purpose. So when I am free, I am free to experience the call in my life, the call of Christ. But then, but then, there's always a but then. Yeah. 
That freedom is only applicable so long as what John says in chapter eight, as I abide. Okay. Now, abiding is a process. If we look at Romans 8, 29, then what he's talking about is a little different than what's in verse 28. And in verse 29, it says that he foreknew, he predestined, and that was that we would be changed. We would be conformed into his image. Now, if you have a, 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 a moment right in your Bible at verse 29, sanctification. So what he's saying is, is that we're set apart as the people of God. We're set apart to be changed. We've set apart because he foreknew us to be changed. He predestined that we would become. So we're free to be what Jesus has destined us to be. Amen. You must know who you are Amen. if you're going to be free. Amen. And that's the only point I'm trying to make is that the Jews say, we know we're free because we are Abraham's seed. <sighs> but then Jesus threw a curve. He said, you may be Abraham's descendants, but you're not his children. Uh, okay, come on. Let's look at your Bible now. I'm going to get back to the script here in a minute. That's <laughs> why I say y'all shouldn't let me wander around. <laughs> Here's what he says in verse 33. He says, uh, excuse me, he says in uh, verse uh, 34, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. So he says, now I'm responding to your thing about Abraham's descendants, but, but, but check this out. He says in verse 35, a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. And then he says in verse 37, I know that you are Abraham's descendants but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. Okay, here we go. So he's saying they are descendants of Abraham, but in order to be a child of Abraham, you have to be operating according to the lineage that your father left. Now, you know, I, 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 I'm trying to slow down because I don't want to go into next week because next week he's he, he going to talk about, your, you know, your mom and your daddy. <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> huh? Because it starts to get ugly, right? Because <laughs> they, they start throwing shade and he said, whoa, wait a minute. Say, we're not children of Ill illegitimate birth like you. Jesus said, I know your daddy. <laughs> but that's next week. <laughs> but here's what he said. He said, you're not acting like Abraham's seed because you want to kill me. Your problem is that you claim a heritage that you're not living up to. Amen. I'm a Christian. Saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives me utterance. But don't you cross me. So what we're saying is, 
We're Christians, which, which means that we are free people. We worship one God, Jehovah. We believe that he is the God of heaven and earth who created man, who loved man so much that even in man's fall, that he sent his son to come as one of us to save us and to die for our salvation. This is the God we're talking about. But then this God says, you say you're part of me, but you don't act like me. And you see, when we start to act a certain way, we behave uh, according to our feelings. Hmm? <laughs> see, and if I feel like being saved, I act saved. But if I ain't feeling that, now, y'all, okay, I'm gonna go off one more time. Most of us get every part of us saved except our mouth. James says the tongue is a little member, but it's full of fire. Matter of fact, he says it's set on fire by hell. And anybody that's got a tongue knows that sometimes your tongue is engaged long before your brain is. Hmm? You're spouting a whole lot of stuff and your brain is finally catching up and now you say, wait a minute, I shouldn't have said that. It's like you see the words. Come back, come back. Okay, so right quick, like, let me just move on now. Words are eternal. Words are eternal. Words are once you speak them, they don't come back, okay? All right, okay, so let me get back to what I'm supposed to be talking about. Jesus said that they could, they could not understand what he was saying because they were looking for a national freedom, and uh, he was giving them a spiritual freedom. And he said that the problem they had was sin, but sin blocks everything. Sin makes your mind messed up, your body messed up. Sin creates so, so many problems in you that you think that your condition is normal. Mm. Huh? So the Bible goes on to tell us this. It says spiritual freedom is freedom from sin, and sin is at the heart of uh, uh, alienation from God. In other words, we are removed from God. The more we sin, the more we're removed from God. The, the less we feel God's presence, uh, uh, the when we sin more, it's like every sin pushes us further and further away. Amen. Amen. There's two kinds of sin, the Bible says, uh, that, call, that cause the alienation. It's the sin of er error and the sin of evil. Now, the Bible says the antidote for both of those, of course, is uh, faith. If I have faith, I can move on. But he goes on to tell us this. He says that... Uh, it is the knowledge of God, and that's the key right there, is the knowledge of God uh, that replaces error and it's forgiveness that replaces evil. We overcome evil by forgiveness. Come on, somebody. Amen. See, you can have knowledge of a thing, yep. mm -hmm. and when you learn it, then you won't do that again. But learning how not to do stuff doesn't make your heart right. Amen. Amen. Hmm? You know the sign says 55, you're driving 65, you get a ticket and you say, well, I'm going to drive 62, but I really want to drive 65. So. So your heart hadn't changed, your foot has. It's, it's, it's physical. You see what I'm saying? And if you think ain't nobody looking, 
So what Jesus is telling the Jews, he says, I'm trying to give you a restored relationship. In other words, uh, uh, you broke the law by sinning, so therefore you lost the right to claim Abraham as your father because Abraham was the father of faith and you're not exercising faith. As a matter of fact, he says, I'm here and you're trying to kill me. Amen. You're the son of Abraham. I'm the son of God. Amen. Hmm? Now, that brings me to <laughs> it brings me to another little rabbit trail. There's so many people in church today who actually believe that uh, the things that Jesus said aren't as important as the thing that men say. Now, you live, you, 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 if, if you live in America today, one of the most divisive organizations in the world is the church. Amen. We can't seem to get along with each other. Uh, I'll just use an illustration that we can relate to. I don't want to go into any specifics, but there are a lot of organizations. We'll call them Southern Baptists, but uh, just for illustration purposes, that's all. I'm not talking about anybody that are, uh, are breaking away from their main denomination because they don't agree with the philosophy. One of the philosophies, of course, is whether women should actually be pastors or not. Mm hmm. Mm. Mm. Well, Paul happened to write some. Uh, let me get off. Yeah. So Paul wrote something about uh, that he does not allow men to have authority over. I mean, uh, women to have authority over men. Apparently, Paul didn't have a mama. I'm just saying. And when little Paul was doing something wrong, I bet mama put a whole lot of authority. <laughs> but the same Paul, the same Paul, okay? I'm just making, just making a point. The same Paul is the one that said in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. What did it say there? Anybody know what it said? Hmm? Is the word female in there? Yes. Didn't, didn't Paul write that? Yes. And then that same Paul wrote in Romans chapter 16 when he wrote all these greetings to all these women who were pastors So what I'm saying is, the Bible says one thing, man says. Now, if you want me to talk about the Presbyterian Church, I'd be glad to talk about them, too. And if you want to talk about United Methodist Church, I can talk about them a little bit, too. Because they all have their issues that they're fighting with right now. All right. So what's our issue? We are day spring and we believe God. <laughs> Just having fun at everybody's expense but mine. <laughs> So Jesus then, he, he says this, he says, look, this is what Jesus told, told, again, I keep saying those Jews who believe, right? And he says this, he says, uh, I have a unique status here. He says that in, in the household of Christ, I'm the head. Amen. I'm going to be here. That's, what, that's why they call it Christians, because y'all following me. Amen. And he says, now, uh, 
They don't call it Abrams. <laughs> I'm having too much fun. What he's saying is that he's the only one that can set us free. Nobody else can. Amen. But the Bible says this. It says, uh, watch this now. He says, after he says the truth will set us free, verse 32, then he says the son will make you free, verse 36. Now, what did he say there? He said the son will make you free, and he said the truth will make you free. So what does John chapter 14, verse 6 say? Hmm? Well, it says, I'm the truth. And Jesus said, if, if you want the truth, you got it. I'm going to make you free. Huh? He says, I'm the son. I can do it. And Jesus said, I don't have to consult with anybody. I can do it. Are you with me here? Well, the Bible says that, that uh, uh, <laughs> if if you stay in the word that I'm giving you, stay in the teaching. That's why he says abide is important. He says, you'll be made free. You'll be made free. All you got to do is stay and you'll be free. Now, I tell people all the time, I don't care what kind of problems you have in church. You must stay in church. The moment you get out of church, that's what the devil wants to do. The devil wants to entice you out of hiding. We watched a movie the other night, just crazy as all get out. Uh, these two snipers, what's it called, a wall? These two snipers were behind this wall, and uh, there was a third sniper somewhere out there, an, an enemy. One of them was shot, the other one was behind the wall. And the, the, the guy, the enemy says to the, the guy who was behind the wall, he was pretending to be a friend. He says, stand up so I can pinpoint, pinpoint your location. <laughs> stand up so I can pinpoint your location. He, he was saying that he was the rescue uh, team coming in. He said, Stand up. This is exactly what happens to Christians. The devil says, I'm here to help you. Now, now, stand up. Here's <laughs> what he said. Come on out to church and I can help you. Huh? You know how many saints have been lured out of church? Here's a classic one. I love this. This is, this is straight from the devil's playbook. How much money you get at church? And, and you struggling to pay your bill? Let me show you what you, you can take that money and you can invest it in something. Huh? You, you, you can use that money to help your family. And see, that's why you find uh, parables in the Bible that talk about all these uh, situations. And what they're saying is this right here. You can build bigger barns. But one day, you're going to have to give an account. <laughs> and here's what it says. And whose will this stuff be? Now, some of you may have had some experiences and you you may not because y'all still kind of young. So you don't know this yet, but you don't know that 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 uh, when you leave all this stuff to your children. <laughs> I'll give them six months. Did, didn't your mama leave you? Yeah, but I, 
I made some bad choices. Yeah. The Bible says this now. Let me go on. John chapter 12, uh, John chapter 1 verse 12 says this. It says that Jesus, because he is the son, he gives us the power, the power to receive him. Notice it says here that and uh, uh, John, as many as received him, he gave them the power. If, if he gives you the power and he gives you the, the, the ability to believe, he's giving you the power to come and to stay and to abide. Amen. Now, John chapter 15, verses one through, well, I say one through eight, but one through 17, which I'm not going to read. The Bible says that uh, his, his high priestly prayer, uh, excuse me, uh, his prayer uh, uh, for you to abide. And he says that you got to stay. You can't just go and come. You got to stay. Amen. So in order to receive the power to become, the Bible, the Bible says that you have to receive. And the Bible goes on to say that in John 17, that's where you have the relationship. He says that God gave you to me. I came from God. I'm going to make sure that I get you back to God. Amen. But the only way I'm going to get you back is you got to stay with me. Amen. Huh? I'd like to follow that up by saying we need to learn how to follow and who to follow. Amen. Because that's the problem with us is sometimes we're not sure who we're supposed to follow. Uh, Galatians chapter 4 and 6, Galatians chapter 4 and 6, uh, the Bible says that uh, because you are sons, God sent his spirit in, into your heart. Mm -hmm. Listen to that. Because you're the son, you get, you, you get a personal invitation. Amen. 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 And then Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 goes one step further. And the Bible says you have to what? Stand fast. See, you can't just keep moving around. You got to find a place, put down some roots and start to grow. Amen. Everybody who comes into contact with you will tell you there's greatness in you. But then the next thing you know, you're gone. And then when you leave, now you got to start all over again. And you can be listen, you can be great as a child, but not have ability to display greatness. Mm. That's kind of deep. I had to think on that one myself. Mm. So Jesus then changes the subject one more time because he's trying to get them to understand this. And the Bible says that, uh, that, that, that they have to understand that Abraham, they keep calling Abraham their father. And remember what he said now. He says that, uh, I told you this last week, he says that we have some, some, some neurosis Neurosis, neurosis, whatever that is. Yeah, but it's. it's. <laughs> we have some issues. <laughs> Woo. There must be a plural for that, but I just don't know what it is. <laughs> but anyway, we, we have some issues on the, the mental side that creates problems for us. Now he's about to tell us that we have some problems on the physical side. He says there's another sickness that we're dealing with. Notice this. He said, uh, once we understand that we reject Jesus because of our inner disposition, it's a form of heart disease. He says there's no room in the heart for revelation. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what he says now. Look, look. Uh, verse 37. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. My word, my revelation, the revelation of who I am has no place in you. Amen. So the Bible says that we, we sometimes develop a heart condition where it's called uh, hardness and, and the, the word can't penetrate. 
So we keep hearing, but we don't know how to apply what we're hearing. And again, that's how we started this off. You're hearing one thing, but I'm saying something totally different. Amen. So it's kind of as, you know, the old Christmas story, there was no room in the inn. Uh, Jesus went on to tell them, he says that that. Well, let's read it and then it makes it'll make more sense to you. The Bible says in verse 37, he says that you have no place in me. He says, I speak what I've seen. Right. I speak what I've seen with my father. That's a close relationship. Right. Look at verse 40. He says, now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. He says, I have both seen and heard directly from God and I have come directly from God and I am telling you exactly what God said when I saw him and talked with him. Can't get much more direct than that. So then Jesus, the great physician, diagnosed their case and they were not happy about the diagnosis. And the reason is, is because look at verse 30 one more time. He says in verse 30 uh, and he spoke these words. Many believed in him. Then he goes in verse 31 and he says uh, uh, to the Jews who believe. So what is he saying? I spoke these words and many believed. And now I'm talking to you who have believed. Amen. I think I told you this last week, but if I didn't, I'll tell you this week. You cannot operate on past faith. Amen. It has to be current. Now faith, as some preachers would call it. But here's what it says here. The Bible says that they believed that they were OK because they had faith. Remember, they were Abraham's seed. Abraham was the father of faith. Right. The Bible says that 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 his righteousness was counted as faith. So he he listen, they not he they they were doing right things or righteous things, probably self-righteous. But that's beside the point. In their minds, they were right. See, because we think it's right to, to show up at church It's right to. To, 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 to give you a little offering and whatever. It's right to sing the songs and clap your hands. It's right to do all of that. Amen. But that's not God's righteousness. Yes. And what he's saying was that they were physically behaving like Abraham because they had faith in Abraham's God. But see, the problem is, 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 is in James chapter two, where you, you run into a monkey wrench. He said, OK, so you believe. How do we know you believe? You have faith. But I don't see any deeds. So what they were saying, what Jesus was saying to him, oh, yeah, you, you you believe what I said, but you won't do what I said. Now, wait a minute. You believe what I said. You just won't do what I said. And I bet you that you all are looking at me right now thinking that's if I, you know, if if I know and I believe it, I'm going to do it. Now, you, you, you know, <sighs> look at your life. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> look at your life. There's a whole lot of stuff you know. Hmm? I don't know anybody in, in, in America today that does not know that smoking will kill you. I mean, they know it. And I don't know anybody that doesn't believe, believe that it will kill you. They have faith, knowledge and faith, but they can't quit smoking. 
So they have the faith, but not the corresponding works. Amen. Uh oh. Y'all following me here? So you know what James 4, 4.17 says, right? To him who knows and does not do, it is sin. It's not enough for you to know. He says just believing alone to those Jews who believe that Abraham was their father and Abraham believed God and they believed Abraham, but they didn't believe Abraham's God. And because they didn't believe Abraham's God, they would not uh, receive the son of God who had a message directly from God, who was Abraham's God. Amen. It's like the preacher standing up here. I'm very, very reluctant to say the Lord showed me. I just I just see it. Because I figure, here it is. I figure you either going to believe it's from God. Amen. Or you can say, ah, that, 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 that P.O. rising. Amen. And either way, I'm okay because I told you. Amen. Well, Pastor, you should say it's from God. Well, what do you think I'm up here for? That's right. This ain't no rock concert. <laughs> now, if I have to convince you, if I need to bring out my credentials, you know, and <laughs> that's fine. Maybe I should put on the screen every service, you know, that I'm ordained and I do have a license. I'm licensed by several organizations. So, uh, you know, somebody has decided that He's a legal preacher. <laughs> but believe me for my work's sake. But I shouldn't have to convince you of that. But I know for some of you all, I do. <laughs> Let me see if I can finish this part up. The Bible says that he knows us better than anybody else. That's why he is the great physician. He can look at our hearts and he can tell when it needs some help. Uh, he doesn't have to consult the books and see, you know, and, and see what this case requires. The Bible says that he lacks nothing except our signature on a permission slip to get the process done. In other words, all you have to do is say, I believe. Amen. So the Bible goes on to say this. Uh, <laughs> there are four freedoms that we need to be aware of. I'm about to get this thing finished, believe it or not. Uh, first one is it brings freedom from fear. The man who has who is a disciple never has to walk alone. Amen. See, the one thing about being fearful, that's what makes us fearful is that when we're by ourselves and we believe that we are by ourselves, we're fearful. He says he walks in the company of Jesus and in and, and the company of Jesus, all fear is gone. Amen. I think we sing a song, because he lives, all fear is gone. Yeah, okay. Number B, it brings freedom from self. Freedom from self. Uh, Many people, the greatest handicap they have is self. Uh, you know, we always come up with our catchphrase. I try to change, but I just can't. I've done everything I know how. Did you get all that? I've tried to change. I've done all I know how. I just can't change. And the truth is, you can't. Amen. Well, the Bible says that uh, the power and the presence of Jesus can recreate a man so that he's new. So that old you 
can't do it, but the new you can. Again, remember, if you're walking with Christ, you have power. Then uh, let us see. It brings freedom from other people. This is your greatest problem right here. Most people's lives are dominated by the fear of what other people think. And right along with that is we're always fearful of what people say. Now, remember I said in the beginning that most people don't hear what you're saying. Most people don't hear what's being said to them. Listen, the problem we have is that we hear everything through our personal issues. So what we're hearing even the way it's being said can be offensive because we are offended before we heard it. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So he, he says that people are concerned about what they say. H.G. Wells said, the voice of our neighbors sounds louder in our ears than the voice of God. Hmm? How many know that's true? Many of us are moved, we're motivated. We actually act on what other people say rather than what the word of God says. Amen. Hmm? And then it brings freedom from sin. Freedom from sin. Many people have come to the stage where his, uh, we sin because we want to. Uh, not, excuse me, I left that one word, that'll change the whole sentence. <laughs> we sin not because we want to, but because we cannot help it. His sins have so mastered him that he cannot break away. And there's a lot of people in that situation, they are in bondage. Their sin has a grip on them. Discipleship breaks the chains which binds them. Uh, and it enables that person to be free to pursue their destiny. That's what we were talking about earlier. You have that freedom to become. Amen? Amen. Discipleship uh, includes allowing Jesus to deal with our inner brokenness and deadness. See, some stuff you won't give up. When I say give up, there's some hurt that you just want to hold on to. See, if you let that go, then you don't have nobody to blame but you. Amen. So you just want to kind of hang on to that. But pastor, you don't know what they did to me. No, but I know what Jesus did for you. So, mm-hmm. the Bible goes on to say this. I'm, I'm running out of T-I-M-E. That's because I think they started when I was messing with that scripture in the beginning. To be a disciple, one needs only the humility to receive what Jesus reveals about himself. Himself being Jesus. If you have the humility to receive what, in other words, if somebody speaks a word to you, and and this is the hard part, somebody says something to you about your life, that is really hard, but it's true. That word should provoke you to humble yourself rather than brisk up. Here's what I hear most of the time. People will say this, and this is their defense mechanism. Well, look at your life. Hmm? Yep. Here's the thing about my life. It's human just like yours. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter what my life is like because I'm going through changes like you. But what I'm telling you is that this is your time to change because somebody told me to tell you 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 understand? Y'all so you, instead of you accepting, you deflect. But look at your children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to tell you how not to be like mine. 
Okay. He said that uh, it also has the ability, uh, it also gives us the ability to receive what he reveals about us. When he tells us something, see, first Jesus tells you who he is. He says, I'm the way, the truth, I'm the, I'm the light. I'm the thing that's going to change your life. And then he says, now here's what I'm going to do for you. And when he says that, now he's talking about your particular situation. When you hear that, whether you hear it in a message where somebody is talking directly to you or there's a word of wisdom or a word of a prophetic word, however you hear it, when it hits you right between the eyes and knocks you on the floor, you need to say, I need to get up and do something about this right here. But this is the time that most of us decide we want to fight and we'll let you know you 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 ain't no better shape than I am. And see that it's always all right now I'm 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 getting in your business now, so I better start talking to the wall. But I want you to understand something. It's always a demon who says, You, what about you? Satan is the only one that does uh come on. Satan is the only one that asks about somebody else. Hmm? People be standing at the altar. Somebody's ministering to them. And they say, well, I remember when you did so and so and so. Yes. That is Mr. Satan himself announcing his presence in your life. Don't you let him lie. Oh, yeah, he remembers. That's it. He remembers. He remembers. He didn't say you were doing it now. And the first thing you do is you back away. So now he's got a twofer. You don't get to deliver the person. The person don't get delivered. You see? We're going to have to learn. I, I need to finish it, but I need to tell you this. We have to learn that sometimes it's about you. It's somebody they're trying to tell you that you have to change. You have to change. When somebody say, well, well, pastor, that's just the way I am. They lying. Nobody's that way because you didn't make yourself. And God would not send. Listen, he would not send a word of change if that's the way he made you. But the process that we don't seem to understand is that we are never done until we are dead. And if we're still here, we're still changing. So you can't say that's how I am because you are not what you are today. You were something yesterday and you're going to be something more tomorrow because this word is going to keep you changing. So stop saying that's how I am. That's not how you are. I'm a work in progress. That's who I am. Write this down. He always reveals in order to heal. Or as I put it, he heals, he reveals in order to redeem. But he always reveals in order to heal. When something unpleasant comes up about you, that's your healing right there. That's it right there. It just, listen, the anointing is all over you right then. You better grasp it right then and say, Lord, I repent. I receive it right now in the name of Jesus. And that's when change comes. Hmm. Sin is always condemned in order to repeal it, and sin always leads to repentance. So if we, uh, if if something is revealed in our life that's not pleasant, then that's supposed to lead us to repentance. That's the place where we change. Amen. Amen. So here's how we close this thing out. Jesus was telling the Jews who believe that they need to take one step beyond belief and they must do. In other words, he says, you have to not only receive who I am, but you have to abide in me in order to know 
what I am giving you. In other words, the revelation is the result of your abiding because this revelation comes in parts, not whole, even though it's re it's, it is released in part, you don't have the capacity to receive it all. So that's what we call that process of sanctification we talked about. So Jesus already gave you in, in, in Romans the ability to say, okay, he predestined because he foreknew. In other words, he, he, he knew who I was when he made me. So he said, this is what you are going to become. The process of sanctification takes me from where I know who I am to, to where I can become who I am. Amen? Amen. All right, stand up on your feet. Whew. That's that song they used to sing, uh, free, praise the Lord, okay. No longer bound, and no chains holding me. My soul is resting. Come on, let's do it again. Alright, as today's service draws to an end, we want to extend the same opportunity to you that's being extended in house today, and that's for salvation, for a new relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen, if I'm talking to you, if you've been searching, trying to find that thing that uh, to fill a void, listen, only it's a void that only God can fill, and we want to offer him to you right now. It's a simple thing. It's as simple as ABC. First, admit that you're a sinner. Secondly, believe that Christ died for your sins, and thirdly, confess that he is Lord over your life. Now, saying this prayer does not mean everything in your life poof, instantly becomes great and sunshine and rainbows. There's going to be some tough days, but that's what you have family for. And when I say family, I mean a community of believers that you surround yourself with that are like-minded, that are have been through some of this stuff and can help you get through some of the things that you will uh, ultimately go through and you also have to remember that God told us his grace is sufficient so listen if I'm talking to you today if you want something new you want something different you want something that's going to change your life for the good I'm offering you Jesus and that's the best thing that anybody can ever offer you so if I if that's you I want you to join me in this simple prayer okay it goes like this repeat after me say father forgive me a sinner I have missed the mark and I've fallen short, but I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die in my place. I thank you that he got up from the grave with all power in his hands just for me. Come into my heart, be my Lord, be my master. Change me from the inside out. So now, in this moment, I confess with my mouth what I believe in my heart. When Jesus was raised from the dead, I am saved. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. We're so excited for you. Listen, this is the single greatest decision that you will ever make in your life. And we are here to cheer you on. The angels in heaven are throwing a black party in your honor. We are all rejoicing on your behalf because you have made an amazing decision. We're so proud of you. Listen, if you prayed that prayer with us today, do me a favor. Text the word SAVED to 252-627-9900. Again, text the word SAVED to 252-627-9900. We don't want to spam you or bug you, but we do want to connect with you. We want to offer you a sense of community. We also have a devotional for you to help you solidify this faith journey. We want to make sure that you have everything you need to be successful in this faith walk. Listen, if you're in this area and, and, and you want to come by and check us out, please feel free to do so. If you come by and it's not exactly what you need, let us know. We'll help you find a church that suits you. And if you're not in this area, the same thing applies. 
let us know. We'll help you find a church where you can call home because you need a sense of community. You need home. You need family. You need fellowship. Those who are like-minded, headed the same direction that you are. Okay. All right, y'all. Listen, this is all my time for today. I pray that you got something out of this service today, something out of this message, something that will change your life for the better. I hope you got free of some things and I hope you remain in your freedom. Okay. Y'all, listen, y'all have an amazing week. And just in case your week is not so amazing, make sure it has an amazing you in it. Until we get together again, God bless you. We love you. And we can't wait to see you next time.